Welcome to episode 105 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about Canadian theatre makers featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. Before we dig into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about a project I'm working on called Phil Rickaby's Rough Draft. For this new podcast, I take a new piece of writing and I read it for you. Each piece is brand new or something still in progress or something I wrote and put away for a bit. It's a chance for me to try some things out and for you to hear something in the early stages of writing, which might end up in a final project. You can find Rough Draft at philrickaby.com. My guest this week is Victoria Urquhart, returning for her second appearance on the podcast. Victoria stopped by to talk about the Shakespeare in Hospitals program at the Spur of the Moment Shakespeare Collective, as well as the Shakespeare in Hospitals Gala coming up on December 14th. And you can find a link to buy tickets in the show notes. If you want to drop me a line, you can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. So how are the hospitals? <laughs> the hospitals are good. Yeah, you guys have been doing like uh, how many hospitals have you guys uh, had the chance to do so far? Ooh, at this point, um, we started October twenty second. I we had a few have to reschedule on us, so we actually have a lot more to come. Yeah, I just. Different things happening here and there, but uh, we've done one to two a week since then. Um, where are we? We're we're in November. It's we're well November, in November. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so we got to be up to we got to be up to thir- twelve, thirteen now. Mm-hmm. Do you find that? Say. Do you find that the the program is is sort of is growing as time goes on? Like more hospitals. Oh yeah. You? yeah. Um we had a big explosion last year of hospitals that we were able to uh to perform for and get to. Um I believe last year we did 22. Hmm. And uh this year we're doing a few less but that's also because our funding came in late mm-hmm. and so yeah, yeah, yeah. being able to balance all of that out has been a bit of a challenge but yeah. I mean the funding came in so so just shows that uh, when you when you work through adversity, yeah, it pays off. <laughs> have 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 uh, and do a lot of the hospitals ask you back. Yes, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time we will go in do a performance and then right there they'll say, okay, when's the next time you're coming back? Mm-hmm. Which is really yeah. like it, it's lovely to to hear to see to yeah. feel because it, it it really shows like we're doing something right here. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the time we can't book right away. Of course, um, of course. But what we'll do is we'll invite them to the gala. And mm-hmm. then when they come to the gala, we'll say, have your dates ready. Our bookings liaison will be there. Sure. So. Um, so when did the idea of, of performing Shakespeare in hospitals become like a, like your, your focus? Oh, uh, it's actually, it's, I wouldn't say that it's, it's, my whole focus. No, 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 no. But I mean, it's like, uh, like 
for a spur of the moment, it's like one of the, the major calendar events, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it kind of took over, I would say, somewhere around 2014. Um, there was a lot of good coming out of the program at that time. I mean, there's always good things coming mm-hmm. out of this program, but I think especially then... Um, we had just finished the Julius Caesar project and, uh, that had been a kind of a pilot project where we learned a lot and, uh, we had a lot of great responses from that as well. Um, but a lot of the contacts that we had received from there started from hospitals. Mm. Um, and as, as wonderful and, and, uh, and, compelling as as Julius Caesar was for uh, for us and for for women's shelters um, having that sense of variety as well was was equally mm. important um, and I think creatively as well um, being able to bring a story out of an anthology mm-hmm. became this really this this uh, this new challenge, um, that started to form around there. Sure. Um, I really like taking, taking different scenes from the canon and building a new story out of that. Mm. And we were kind of doing that already, but it wasn't until 2014 where I started to build and go, okay, what would happen if we did this specific edit of this scene and pieced it together like mm. that? Um, we went through 2014 uh, without uh, a full story coming out of the anthology, but uh, we had such a such a wonderful ensemble that year that built their own mm. stories into it um, <clears throat> that uh, it it really like it stuck out for me, yeah. um, and it stuck out I think for a lot of people as well. Then uh, 2015, uh, we started to play with that uh, in actuality, but uh, that year you have a different en- ensemble every sure, year. Yeah. And that year um, the ensemble was actually more for having those scenes as separate scenes, mm. um, which for that year fit. Mm. Um, but after that I said, okay, from here on in, we're going to build a story out of this yeah. uh, because we're going to give everybody, we're going to be able to give everybody a taste of what Shakespeare is and can be, mm-hmm. can be um, as well as, you know, we're going to start telling, telling some more progressive stories and we're going to start yeah. talking and speaking towards and in- including identities that Shakespeare didn't necessarily mm. write yeah. for, excuse mm. me, um, including in, like including some of my own identities. Sure. So, um, when you're going into a, a hospital like that, and you're, um, you're, do they, do they, are you alternating between like in somebody's room? Are you in a common area? 
Does it, is it all of those things? We tend to work in uh, very different formats. Yeah. Uh, three are, we work in three main formats and then from there we can kind of deviate and play. So we start, uh, we've got staged format, which is very straightforward. We've got a stage to work off of, or, you know, the, the audience is congregated in one space. They're not going to move. Sure. Um, we've got, uh, we've got open space performance. So we're working with a mobile audience. Mm-hmm. We're working in a waiting room or a cafeteria. Mm. Um, and then we've got private room format where the performance is very intimate. It's yeah. literally at people's bedsides, right. um, which everybody goes, oh, that'll be fine and quick and easy to do. It's like, well, it's, it's actually not that, uh, it's not that quick and easy to adapt to unless you've unless you've tried it, right. unless you've practiced it. Yeah. And once you've done, you know, three or four pieces like that, then it then you can start to do that adaptation on your own and it gets sure. easier. But um like how do you accommodate for performing a really physical piece just on the spot? How do you accommodate yeah. for change in volume? How do you accommodate for having to lean forward and literally whisper this entire monologue in someone's ear because they're hard of hearing. But at the same time, you know, someone's in another bed across the way Mm. trying to sleep. Yeah. Um, Mm. Lots of things like that. And, and I I, like, you need to let the fact that you're whispering in someone's ear impact you. You need to let those things come into play um, and impact the story that you're telling yeah. because otherwise you're not letting the audience in. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm a very big advocate for the fact that, um, an audience of one is 10 times more intimidating than an audience of hundreds. Oh shit. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, reciting anything for like one person in a, in a room full of, full of people you don't, you're not necessarily making eye contact with a single person. No, no. And like, uh, I mean, we, we experience this all the time with auditions, but yeah. even in auditions, they say, don't like, don't use me, please. Yeah, yeah. I want to be able to watch you. Yeah. And that's true. In a lot of cases in hospitals, some people want you to reach out to them. Yeah. For some people, this is the first interaction they've had in three months. Mm. So they'll, they'll want to play with you, yeah. which becomes the most amazing thing because yeah. like I've had, uh, I've had, I've had patients, uh, watch various different scenes and then start interrupting and going, no, 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 you need to go over, go woo her, woo her. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So suddenly they become a director or they Mm. become, uh, or, or, or they become a, uh, that the best friend or they become a parent or they, they come in and they, they bring their own, their own insights as audience members. Um, and that, that if we are lucky enough to have, and I, I won't say lucky enough. I mean, if these folks are skilled enough, uh, to, uh, if they're if they're skilled enough, and I will say from my own experience watching these people, uh, <laughs> uh, spoiler, they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you will come across they they will come across a situation where the patient starts bringing their life forward. Oh. Like we have no, 
We have no right to know what they're going through. Of course. But if we provide enough of a performance that compels them to start sharing, Mm. well, what does that, like, what does that say? No, absolutely. Like. Says something. Yeah. Yeah. So you've performed in like waiting rooms? Yep. How, (laughs) how does a, a waiting room audience react to people who just start doing Shakespeare? Um. It really depends. <laughs> um, it depends how many people are there to start, how many people are there to end, mm-hmm. um, how many people know what's going on. A lot of the time, um, we'll get patients who are going for walks who have decided to take rest and then mm-hmm. a nurse or a volunteer will come up and ask them if they've, if they want to see a show. Sure. Um, and then of course, it's it's very much like street theater. You start in with one person, but you always keep that uh, you keep that awareness to the rest of the room to see who's watching. Sure. Because a lot of people are going to give you permission to perform to them yeah. uh, simply through their body language. Now, sometimes you can misread that body language, and it's totally not what they're looking for. <laughs> but I think the the advantage of being able to work in a hospital environment too is very often. Um, we are starting with verbal ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's also a part of a, it's, it's also a part of a, a very uh, delicate process where you go and you, you gauge your audience very yeah. carefully. Uh, this year we have the good fortune of working with Chloe Payne, who she, she works with a lot of physical theater and clown. Mm-hmm. And in her clown work, it is so dependent on audience. So we've been able to build off of her training of mm. gauging your audience um, and looking for that permission, um, giving them permission to watch, yeah. and then looking for that permission to to go to the next offer, sure. um, which is really... It's it's been really lovely to get to work within mm. that specificity, particularly with our our open space asks. Yeah. So. Maybe your gala coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um. So, first off, when is the gala? December fourteenth and fifteenth. Okay. Um. What happened? Like, what can if somebody was to go to the gala, what would they what would they get to see? Well, they would get to see our full story format. Mm. But uh, before they get to go and see that, they would get to hang out on a red carpet, eat some real fancy hors d'oeuvres from Panago Pizza. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Panago, thank you. Um, they'd get to take advantage of our extra financially accessible cash bar. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd get some really sweet photos. Yeah. Uh, but they'd get to hear some of the stories mm-hmm. from hospital work. Like they'd get to hear some of our ensembles experiences, sure. which is really the changing point for a lot of artists that come through this program. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I, at this point have pages and pages of stories from our artists. Um, and I'm still surprised by numerous stories that come in of how these performances have given patients an opportunity to, to do so many things. I don't want to say that it's, um, 
that it's that it's cured anyone because mm-hmm. it, yeah. it it's it's never us no. that cures them. It's never us. No. All we do is op- offer up a perspective, sure. offer up an opportunity, and what they do with it is entirely up to them. Um, having said that, we have had just just this past year. I don't want to tell this because it's it <laughs> might end up being someone's story, but um, we uh, we did perform for a group. And uh, one one person was especially vocal. I won't get into the fine details yeah. about it, but it is a really like I have a feeling that one of our one of our ensemble members will tell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we found out later that that person hadn't hadn't left his room, hadn't spoken in huh. months. Huh. Um, hmm. And like it's it's that kind of that kind of stuff that really makes you realize like. This is doing something. Yeah. This is this is changing. This is this is changing how we see theater. Yeah. This is changing changing the way that we see the world with sure. theater. Yeah. And that's I love that. And that's yeah. that's what keeps bringing me back. Yeah. Because it, 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 I feel like it's become bigger than me at this point and it's something that I want to see and need to see in the world. Um and I need to know that this is this is happening somewhere because yeah, um, yeah, there needs to be a little bit of this kind of theater in the world. Yeah. What's the what's the importance of the of the gala to to this program? For us, I uh, in part it's purely a celebration for this ensemble. Mm. They did it. They went out and they did theater for a very different reason mm. than what we're all used to. And they gave and are continuing to give uh, so much of themselves mm. in, in such different ways. Um, I'm always, I'm always surprised with the ensembles that come out of this project because very often um, I find out that they since then have maintained such strong friendships because they've mm. shared in this. Now mm-hmm. it's not all like that, no, but-, but like I, I know actors from the 2012 session who I uh, still continue to meet up for drinks. Mm. And I know actors who from the, 2015 well it's combination like our ensemble together from the 2015 session some of them live together now Uh and i you know so many of them come out of this with with such different experiences it's nothing to do with me (laughs) like not saying this to toot my own horn here this is like what it's just the 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 reason and the the act of this particular kind of theater yeah. that does this it's it sounds like the experience of performing in this way and for this audience these audiences uh has such an impact that that it sort of changes the actor as well as as the audience i would i would agree with that yeah. i mean i i went through the i went through the program in its early stages and 
if I, if I didn't have this, I wouldn't know what, uh, performing in, <laughs> this is going to sound so wrong, no, 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 but, yeah, uh, yeah. but performing intimately was yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I, I would not know what that was. Mm. Um, like the first, the first piece that I did that exert, that I felt exerted any of my own power, uh, was a piece that I performed through here. Mm. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's definitely a, a program that changes, mm. changes you as an artist. Mm. Mm. Um, uh, something you alerted, alluded to early on when I, when I said that, that, uh, the Shakespeare and hospitals were a focus was it's not, that's not just what you do. Um, so, um, and I think that, that, you know, last time you were on, that was primarily what we talked about and we've talked for about half of this, this podcast (laughs) about it. So let's, let's talk about, about some of the other things that you do. Yeah. Um, what, what else do you do? (laughs) Um, I, I'm an actor. Yeah. Well, yes. And a director. Um, sometimes grant writer. But uh, I like to reserve that for special moments in my life. Um, I don't know if I'd want to do that as a as a full time. Yeah, that's thing. why that's reserved for special moments. Yeah, yeah, in my yeah. Life. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, grant writing can be great, but uh, it it needs to be. You can't be that all the time. And mm. actually, this year I, I felt like I spent a lot of my time grant writing, um, just because. Every grant program out there went through the change of we're doing hard copy to right. digital. Yes. Um, which is like important in improving accessibility. Sure. I appreciate that. Um, as someone with ADD, uh, that was, that was a struggle and a half. Mm. Um, but, uh, I think there were a lot of lessons learned, uh, through that. But anyways. Grant writing is grant writing. Um, I, I, for myself, uh, right now as an actor, uh, I just finished a short film with uh, Blackout Media. Uh, it's a really lovely production company. Uh, we did it. It was a short. Um, it's. Uh, I, I don't want to talk too much about it. Yeah. But um, it, it was my first principal role in a in a short film so that was really nice um and if anybody gets the opportunity to work with a man named charlie hamilton do it um he's he's a fantastic director and he really he speaks to actors uh very well um i i just shot a commercial so i'm pretty excited about that that's good that's good going up in the world um and that one had some dialogue in it, so that's sure. that's fun. That's good. I just finished uh, a show with Theater Artoad, mm-hmm. uh, "Grab 'Em by the Pussy." Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, that that was a lot of fun. I got to use some of my tap dancing skills. How long has it been since you used the tap dancing skills? Actually, uh, not that long. Because okay. I was I I I also got to perform in Measure for Measure, uh, and I got to do some tap dance through sure. there. Um, I, I'm, I'm using a piece right now as when, when I get the request for, when I get the request, <laughs> when I apply like crazy and then get the one response mm-hmm. from like the 50,000 theaters that I've applied to being like, 
Yes, you may come and audition for us. Mm-hmm. Please yeah. bring a piece that best represents you. Sure. I've got this piece that uh, I get to use some of my tap dancing skills with. I got to develop it um, a little bit through uh, working on the five points with Theatre by the Bay. I got to do that this summer, uh, which was a lot of fun. Mm. And uh, I, I'm just bringing my tap into so many things because I find for me as a person – um, especially as an ADD person, that's something that I can pull out yeah. that will then focus me. Mm. And it's it's one of those things that goes, hey, look, here I am. Look at all these crazy things I can do. Yeah. But here, like, here's the actual me. Sure. The second that, like, I step out of that, it, it always gives me that rush. Telling all of my actor secrets. But as, as, a, <laughs> as an actor who's who's struggled or, or lived with ADD, um is that something that that at any point dissuaded you from from this career? Did you ever feel like it was a thing that you like stood in the way all the time? <laughs> oh my god! Um, and for the longest time, I didn't know I had ADD, so I thought it was just me. Oh shit! Like I thought, I thought that these were things that built me up to not be fit for acting for when, the longest time. When did you find out that you had ADD? I was twenty. 27, 28. Oh, so like, now I'm dating myself, but, but like this was like last year, maybe the year before. So I spent all of that time just fighting with myself, oh my God. just like hating so much of what I was doing, thinking, why can't I just, why can't I just do this? Why can't I just focus on mm. this? Um, and then because especially with, with women, um, a lot of women go without ADD testing because a lot of people focus in on cases on men because mm-hmm. it's more supposedly more more prevalent, more visible. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I went through school and I was at the beginning, I was a straight A student. I was going through en- enrichment courses and then somewhere along the line, I got so much social anxiety because I just couldn't, focus on on what was being said that eventually between that and and a few other things that were going on socially like i i my grades started dropping i started quote-unquote normalizing um but it wasn't until i got out of school and and really got my grounding that i that i i realized things were not the same Things were not, uh, like, there might be something to investigate yeah. here. Um, and then as I went through that, um, I, I went through some testing. Um, I knew I had, like, anxiety. Um, I didn't know that I had depression. Hmm. Um, but I also didn't know that depression could be in remission. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So I learned through a lot of that struggle that was going on for me, um, sharing so much of my life right now, <laughs> uh, especially with with my uh, mood disorders, a lot of that came from the fact that I had ADD. Mm. And the second that, that I started treating that and... You know, I tried medication. Medication didn't work. But when I found my own regimen for mm-hmm. it, um, I things started working. Mm. Things started clicking. And over this past year, especially, like 
I'm starting to get calls and it mm. feels so good. It's yeah. like this big relief yeah. of all of this stuff that I have, I've known, like I've worked so hard for and I've cared about so much to the point of like, and, and so many people have told me like, Oh, you know, it's not that you, it's not that you don't care. And it's not that you're not putting in the time, but you're just, you're just focusing on the wrong things. And it's like, well, what, what are the right things yeah. that I'm supposed to be focusing on? Well, when you go through and you take care of yourself and you do all those things, then it becomes easier to see what that is and it mm. becomes easier to read and it becomes easier to just to to bring those intimate parts of yourself. Yeah. Look at that. I did a full circle. Yeah, there you totally go. planned it. Well done. Um, I, I was able to bring those intimate parts of myself out. Mm. And yeah. When, when you... And you obviously you sought out the diagnosis. You said something wasn't right, and so you went to to try to figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. And once you had that, did you look back on your life and say, "Now all of this shit makes sense"? A lot of it, yeah. yes. Um, I think a lot of people get intimidated to say, "Well, that was a waste of time," mm. and why didn't my parents do this or that for mm. me? And I. Don't look at it yeah. like that. I mean, it's very easy to, but you look at what was available to you at the time mm-hmm. and you look at the way that you coped in that time. Yeah. And if someone had just given me that and said, oh, this is what it is and here's how we're going to treat you. How would I have learned any of the coping mechanisms that mm. I did? How would I have survived, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would much rather have lived the life that I have Yeah. gone unmedicated up until, well, I'm still not medicated in the sense of, like, getting any prescriptions with this because that's not how I roll. Yeah. But, but you were undiagnosed. I was yeah. undiagnosed. Yeah. Um, but, like, if I hadn't done that, um, I probably wouldn't have been a dancer yeah. at all. Mm. And I, mm. I started from dance. I probably mm. never would have picked up tap. Yeah. Um, I probably never would have picked up karate. I probably never would have learned to draw like all mm. of these creative outlets that I had. Mm. Um, And especially when big emotional things hit, like, I probably wouldn't have had spur. Mm, Yeah, yeah. And, oh, I'm going to start crying. (laughs) Like, I just, yeah. If I I didn't go this amount of time without it, I wouldn't have started a company and I wouldn't have looked at the way that theater is happening around me and said, I, I want to change what's going on in my community and I want to change the way we see theater. Mm. Cause also like being an actor can be a pretty selfish endeavor. Um, a wonderfully selfish endeavor. Yeah. But it it can also be a little, a little insular. Yeah. 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 And it's hard. Like it's hard to look at the world around you, not in a way that is, how does this feed my work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, 
And like, I, I also come from the opposite end of the scale where I'm sure a lot of my mentors and people would sell, would tell me, no, you need to keep looking at that more so because mm -hmm. you're looking at this as how this feeds other people and you need to look at feeding you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something, to me, there's something a little, uh, there's something admirable about looking at theater, um, more about like, how can I change the world instead of just like, how can I, you know, how can I get more people to come to my thing? You know, how can I <laughs> yeah. get more uh, feathers in my hat? I think it, there's something really admirable about like looking outward and saying, you know, how can we change people's lives? I I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's. I I I think that I've I've definitely looking at this now modeled a lot of my of the, the type of actor that I want to be mm -hmm. over actors who are more like that. Mm -hmm. And they have their selfless acts. They have their, but not just, not just in, in causes outside of theater, but like looking at the actors who, who go in with mm -hmm. the, not with the tactic, but they, they go in making other people look good. Yeah. 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 Like, Actors, actors who go into productions and and do that, yeah. just like they make they make my heart sing. Yeah, and those are those are the actors that I, I think I, I've also modeled a lot of. I've modeled a lot of my my craft after, and I think I when I hint people who want to work with me. <laughs> um, I say that and now no one's going to audition. Um, but like, I think that's a lot of the cast, the casting decisions that I make too is, yeah. um, is, is looking for those actors that will help another actor sure. by endowing them with whatever tactic, doing whatever to, to get more of that response out of them sure. or, yeah. or what have you. Um, I saw you in measure for measure mm. at the red sand castle. Um, so I've seen I've seen your tap dancing, <laughs> um, and that was a really interesting production. Um, just in terms of taking that particular play, number one, a play that we don't see performed very often, mm -hmm. um, and also uh, uh, performing it entirely with with women. And that's a show that really sort of plays with a lot of themes that are, are pretty relevant in terms of the male female dynamic and the Me Too and the the Weinstein and all, a lot of the things that we're talking about just in, in the world right now, mm. but to take that and like, uh, uh, cast it entirely with women, um, and tell the same story, but differently. Mm. Uh, how long, like how involved with you were you with that? Or did you just come in as, as just an actor? Uh, I, I, uh, I was just involved as an actor mm. in that. And that was, uh, one of my, one of, one of my favorite, uh, favorite parts because mm. very often when I am coming into a project, um, and this is what I'm trying to cut down on is I'm, I'm also producing or I'm right, also marketing yes. or, um, and that, that has helped me a lot in, uh, in, in various different respects. But now I get to, I, I, I'm, I'm getting, some of the roles and I'm, I'm getting things just off of walking in the room and it yeah. feels 
This feels so good. It's, oh man! I mean, it is it is really good to produce your own stuff, but that, mm. there's a certain responsibility that goes along with that, which prevents you from focusing 100% as an actor sometimes. Yes, very much. When I'm uh, when I'm producing and acting at the same time, I've I've had so many people tell me. Uh, don't produce an act at the same time because yeah. you won't be able to focus. Yeah. And um, when I did JCP, uh, that was very much it for me. Yeah. That was my first fringe show. Well, not my first fringe show I ever produced, but I don't know if the Shed show really fully counts. <laughs> um, and the Shed show was fun. But uh, when you're producing a full show in the fringe, so many things you got to take care of. Mm. Um it's very hard to focus on a role while you're doing that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I highly commend anybody who produces their own work. I, I know uh, Grace Gordon just came in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's, she's doing that right now and good for her. Um, I know that, uh, I know that, I mean, any, almost anything that James and Julia do. Yeah. 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 Shakespeare yeah. bashed. Um, look at me! I'm yeah. just giving out all of the, all of the sure. shoutouts right yeah. now. But I mean, it's it's it is difficult to do to even if you're just doing like the promotional stuff. Like, oh God! Because you're supposed to have a marketing head and a publicist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just learned this. Um, I've just been doing all of this of course, myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the great thing about getting funding is you can start to spread out some of that load. Yeah. Um, and thank. Thank God for some of these people who come in, because uh, if I if I didn't have these people, I would be lost. Sure, yeah. like I I would not be able to take on half as much of what we're, what we're doing. Mm. Um, I'm not gonna say who's on my team because I want to keep them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if anybody ever wants to grab coffee with me and ask me who I highly recommend for work, I'll. Without a without doubt, tell everyone. Nice. I'm already like n- nominating a bunch of people. So. <laughs> um, I know that we're almost out of time because I know that you have to you have to go. Yeah. Um, so I want to thank you so much for making the time uh, to do this. Thank you. And uh, uh, I look forward to to both your gala and and what you guys do uh, next time. Hey, thanks. <laughs>